The show's about to start. Are you ready? to the show this is sports with strawberry ice i'm your host the ice man jeff trunnipole and as always i bring you sports from a west side point of view right here in the great city of cincinnati ohio home of jackpot joey and the cincinnati Bengals and who day nation now do me a favor if you found the show hit that like and subscribe button smash that thumbs up i'm up to 1123 subscribers that is awesome. I appreciate every single one of you guys. Now, this show and every show is brought to you by T Properties. T Properties, quality housing for quality people. Check out their website at www.tpropertiesllc.com for all your rental property management needs and your rental needs. All right, guys. I hope you guys had a great Memorial Day weekend. I had a blast. Went and hung out with family and friends all weekend. Celebrated Memorial Day, remembering those who laid down their lives for us. That's what you always have to remember. That's what Memorial Day is for, is for the ones who gave the ultimate sacrifice. So let's get into the show today. We have a special guest. He's a Cincinnati native, and he's from the Cincinnati Inquirer. He covers the Reds and the Bengals. He's Charles, Charlie, excuse me, Goldsmith. Hey, Charlie, how you doing, buddy? Hey, how you doing? Good, uh, I man. I this earlier. I like the setup. Good work. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. It's a lot, a lot of, like I said, a lot of uh, years of collecting stuff <laughs> so i finally got a, a place to to put it all you know started collecting when i was little so i got i got stuff from 85 and 86 and reds and all kinds of stuff in here it's 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 a uh cincinnati paradise i like to call it <laughs> it beats this brick wall behind me so <laughs> right right exactly exactly so just let everybody know he uh, charlie is a- actually at gbp so he, he is taking time out of his busy day to come on the show with me, so I, I appreciate that a lot, Charlie. So, uh, for people who don't know you, go ahead and give us your background. Tell us, uh, uh, you know, who you work for, your Twitter handle, all that stuff. Yeah, well, I think we've just about covered it. I'm from Cincinnati. I cover the Reds and Bengals for the Cincinnati Inquirer, and I love what I do. I'm happy to be on, yeah, happy to be on the show. Yeah, exactly. And you were actually down there at the uh, Bengals practice today watching uh, Joe Burrow throw, and a lot of – the Bengal. Actually, I watched uh, CJ Uzama's uh, interview, and he said he was uh, catching the ball first. He's like, "Man, I guess I can get some gloves on." And then and he goes, "Is it just me?" And they're like, "No, he's throwing the ball harder." So that, to me, that's a great sign. And it looks like he's moving around really, really good as well. For a second, think about what this offseason would have been if Joe Burrow hadn't torn his ACL. <laughs> Joe Burrow wanting to throw the ball harder and faster and farther probably would have been the biggest story of his development. So even though he had that injury setback, he has kept that focus and has actively worked on that focus. And for the first time, we saw some of the results of that today. He was throwing deep, showed some of that improved precision and pace, and showed again what he was working on. Yeah, he. Uh, I think um, if I read it right, he stayed afterwards. And I, I think you might have tweeted the video out of him throwing some 40-yard, 40 40-yard, 40 60-yard bombs at the end of practice. So, I mean – Footwork and everything's looking pretty good to me. And again, he's not completely there. There are still some areas where, say, Brandon Allen is 
doing in Joe Burrow isn't. But right. if you weren't as familiar with that and, and the setup of some of the things he isn't doing, you you probably wouldn't even notice that Joe Burrow isn't a full participant because when he's thrown, he looks fully healthy. Yeah, yeah. I know Dan Horde has even said that. I listened to the Bengals Booth podcast. I listen to a lot of podcasts, but I listen to the Bengals Booth podcast, and Dan Horde said that. He goes, if you didn't know that Joe Burrow is recovering from reconstructive knee surgery, basically, you wouldn't know because he he looks normal. He, he's doing all the exercise, mo- most of all the exercise, like the warm-up exercises and stuff like that. So, to me, that that's great news. And the other good news is uh, CJ Uzama, they said he's 100% ready to go now, too. Exactly. And CJ Uzama, one of the biggest stories the first kind of week and a half of the year was him and Joe Burrow were really quick chemistry. He uh-huh. showed that he liked that relationship. Uzama played probably a bigger role with Burrow than he had earlier because of his growth and because of the skill set he brings as just a very athletic tight end that for a team that already has as much we- or as many weapons as they have a wide receiver with the running back they have as well. CJ Uzama has an opportunity to definitely have a career year this season. And with him being fully healthy and on pace, you know, it's a good time for him today as well. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And I, I've said this on my show that everybody's like, well, we got we to gotta get the tight end room. You know, we got we, we don't have a good tight end. I'm like, Uzama's good. I said the first couple weeks between him and Burrow, they, they were had a great connection. So, I mean, if he's coming back 100%, Burrow's coming back 100%. Dude, you got you got Uzama coming to the backfield. You also got Thad Moss, which that's another one that I'm like, hey, if he can come in, we're close to doing what he did in, in college, and, and you got Sable – if we get something out, all three of those guys are that's just you know, uh, just more topping on top of our offense that we already have. I think our offense is going to be, I think we scored 25 to 30 points a game this year. I mean, that's how they've built this team. Whether or not they get there, of course, is the defining question of the season. They've invested more in their weapons, hoping that that is going to be the path to victory for them. They've also made significant improvements on the offensive line that I think are worth talking about as well. But when you look at the strengths of that team. It's everything they've put in, specifically to the wide receiver position, but also running back. You know, most teams haven't invested as much as tight ends as C.J. Uzama got on a second contract, plus a second-round pick in Drew Sample. The Bengals have prioritized that side of the ball with the players they brought in and the money they've spent and the draft capital they've used. And it's led up to this year being a year where you could talk yourself into the skill position players being all ready to develop at a peak level. Yeah, exactly. I mean, let's get it. Let's get into the offensive line. You, you brought that up, and I, I don't. You know, we had the the Civil War. You know, the all go up to the draft. We had you know Team Chase or Team Sewell, and I was Team Chase. Well, one once they got Riley Reef, then I was Team Chase. I'm like, all right, we got our offensive line. We can get a guard in the second round or whatever. And the national media has ripped us for the choice that we made. But I I always defended as Chase can help protect Burrow as well because of the deep ball. But then you got Reef, you got Carmen. And he either got Spain or, or Sierra Felix could be the other guard. Jonah Williams seems to be healthy. I think our offensive line is going to be pretty good this year. Yeah, you know, they, they kind of probably attacked it with a mindset that you just mentioned. You're going to have elite wide receivers and then do the most that you can on the offensive line after taking Chase at five. And when you look at that as the path they wanted to go down, they kind of did it. You know, Riley Reef, I believe, is the best offensive tackle who changed teams in free agency during the free agency period. Jackson Carmen was probably on the Bengals board, maybe on many teams boards, the second best offensive guard in this year's class. Right. So when you, when you put that premium investment, get those uh, additions that are significantly more capital than what they already had invested there. You can see how you can like what you have with John Williams, the guy, this organization in this current leadership drafted in the first round recently at right guard, you have Jackson Carmen, who's basically one of the highest guards they've ever drafted. Reef that I mentioned, Trey Hopkins, a guy that this coaching staff in front office extended, and then Quentin Spain, a guy that this coaching staff in front office sought after in the middle of the season last year, and now is giving an opportunity along with Sofilo and Jordan and a few others to be an everyday starter. Yeah, exactly. Now, the only only question I think we have on, on the offense line is will Trey Hopkins be ready uh, game one? I tend to think he might be more like October, but I don't know. What, what have you heard about, about Hopkins and, and his recovery? You know, he's on the rehab field um, going through some, some stuff on his own, kind of him and DJ Reader. He is the kind of guy who, from what I've heard, is doing everything he can to attack the recovery process. We're not quite at the point yet where there's a specific timetable, um, but that's as far as we know is that he's working, and when he comes back, he'll clearly be the starting center on the Bengals. Right, right, right. Now, like I said, I, I mean, 
He got if he got injured sooner, I think he'd had a better chance of starting game one. But he got injured the last game of the season, and he's a three hundred pound guy that has to move laterally and bend down and hike the ball. And so it's there's a lot of movement on his knee. I mean, hopefully, I mean, I want him back game one Um, because I'm I'll be honest, I'm scared that Billy Price is going to be the starting center. I mean, he hasn't shown a lot. What What's your thoughts on on Billy Price? Yeah, you know. If you want to make the argument for Billy Price, you can say that he had his best season of his career under Frank Pollard. Mm-hmm. And with the with the improvements that he can create as an offensive line coach with a slightly different strategy, a different run scheme, uh, a better and a longer track record of player development at the NFL level, uh, you can go into a season more comfortable with Billy Price as your backup center. He, right. he probably is one of the better backup centers in the league considering for what he is at this stage of his career right now. And you know, maybe he has the upside to continue to play on elsewhere or find a more consistent role with the Bengals. Um, while that would be probably on paper the weak point of the offensive line week one, you know, there were moments in the 2020 season where there were significantly uh, less experienced players and less proven players than that out there protecting Joe Burrow. Right, exactly. Now let's get get to the uh, the defense here because we got another guy who who was a big signing for the Bengals last year. We never saw him play in Trey Waynes, and I, I think he is going to be our our number one cornerback. I think that, that's the reason they signed him. How how's he been looking in practice? It's really too soon with the defensive back specifically. You know, I haven't even seen like a wide receiver and a defensive back go one on one in a high leverage situation yet at this point. So it's too early to say, but clearly with what the franchise invested in him, they see him as a very very high impact cornerback in their scheme. He'll have to deliver and play at a level even above and beyond what he showed in Minnesota. Uh, that's the possible role he could play in the Bengals' offense. He says, I'm fast, I'm athletic, and I'm not afraid to tackle. And all three of those things are things that the Bengals really have prioritized in all of the cornerbacks they've signed, from him to Ouzier to uh, Mike Hilton down the board. Yeah, I, I think it's all – it's nothing but good news. The only thing that scares me uh, about this team, well, other than, like I said, Billy Price being the center, is is our defense. And it's not necessarily the talent. I actually think we have the most talent on this defense that Lou, Armad- I call him Armadillo, and I refuse to call him by his first name or his real name until he gets our defense better. But uh, I think it's the most talented defense that he's had. And I- I'll just be honest, his schemes and everything worry me. Um, so I think it's a big year for him. Zach Taylor, I think our offense is going to be great. I think I don't, I don't think that unless we have a whole bunch of injuries. I think it, this hit the success of this season really hinges on the defense. Yeah, you know, uh, at the end of the day, these are all now pieces that Lou Anarumo went out and targeted for this specific scheme. He probably has everything he could have realistically expected, and now it is on the schemes and the system to deliver. Exactly. All right, let's. I know you got to get out of here pretty quickly. Let's get to the Reds here, and I want to get uh, put a picture up here. You uh, tweeted out that's out in front of a GABP. I think this is awesome. And I was kind of thinking about this over the weekend. Now, I know the Reds won two games in a row, and they're playing better. But I kind of miss those Reds, you know, the the, the trash-talking, bat-flipping guys, you know. To me, it seems like they they lost something since, you know, uh, uh, Cassiano got suspended, Garrett got suspended for doing stuff they shouldn't have been suspended for, in my opinion. But how do you feel about – do you still, still feel like they're the same – Team, I know there's a lot of injuries and stuff, but how, how do you feel about how's, how's the season going in from the beginning of the season to now? Yeah, you know, I think that point you just made might be, be might be really being overblown. Um, a lot of those moments happened in games the Reds were scoring a lot. Right. And when you're scoring a lot and winning a lot, it's right. more realistic to have moments like that. And I think the Reds do have a stretch like that again. They'll be, as they called themselves, the bat flipping, showboating, sons of a gun, <laughs> yeah. which is an awesome nickname that I'm all for. Exactly. Uh, now it's more about you know, smaller adjustments, improvements that need to be seen from guys like Casillo, Suarez, uh, Vladimir Gutierrez potentially emerging as a more consistent starter in the rotation. Right. Uh, Build, bring another improvement there. Developing some of the new guys that added to the bullpen to make that a more stable unit. It's smaller things. It's not It's not a team in need of a midseason overhaul at the moment. It's a team that needs to ha- have small, substantial improvements in kind of a number of those smaller areas that I mentioned. Yeah, exactly. Do you, now, uh, Crown Apple Kid here <clears throat> wants to know about Hunter Green and Nick Lodolo. He he thinks they should be uh, – well, he thinks Hunter Green should be brought up. He's mentioned that on my show a lot of times. And I know they're pitching great down in the minor leagues. I don't think they're going to come up till like, September. I think Lodolo has a better shot to come up earlier than 
Hunter Green does. But what's your what's your thoughts on those two? Okay, so just because of different protocols in the minor league season this season, you can't even really call someone up from Double A right now and have them up quickly. Oh, so really? Your oh. pool of players to call up from are from the Triple A level. And ah. a lot of times with pitchers outside of progression, more recently with the Reds outside of progression has gone. Um, you know, Hunter Green in specific has been one of the most exciting pitchers uh, in the Reds organization in a while and has completely lived up to that this season. But, you know, I, I keep going back to spring training. He made his Reds spring training debut against the Angels and he struggled with it. Yeah. You know, while that was his first taste of major league hitting, uh, you know, it's only been two, three months since then. The world hasn't changed since then in terms of a Hunter Green perspective. He's continuing to show improvements that you fully expect one of the best young, exciting pitches in baseball. Yeah, I, I, and the thing is that, that I keep saying is Hunter Green is coming off Tommy John surgery. He didn't pitch in a game in, what, a year and a half, two years, mm-hmm. something like that, with because minor leagues were shut down last year. So I'm all for letting him stay down there. And, and I say at the earliest – Maybe next year it come up. Maybe that, that's the earliest I would think for him. But but to me the future looks pretty bright with those two, and then uh, Gutierrez who, who just came up. So I, I think we have some pretty three, hopefully pretty good young starters that we can plug in here uh, uh, in the next couple of years. Hopefully the Reds won't trade Cassianos, which is what I'm hearing. <laughs> I hope that doesn't happen. I hope they actually try to go all in instead of all out by the All Star break. What, what do you think the, the Reds are going to do? Like when it comes to the All Star game, how 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 far how close do they have to be for you think they might actually make a move to to help the team, or you know they do the all in or all, all out move? Well, the beauty of it is you don't have to make that move until you actually get there. So right. the Reds, as of right now, you know they, I can confidently say they believe in the talent they have. They still are one of the best lineups in baseball, and they have reason to believe that the pitching staff will improve over the next two months. So it's uh it's more like a we'll see when we get there situation right. from my perspective. Yeah, yeah, because I mean, they, like I said, the one of the last two games are still five and a half games out. They are twenty four and twenty eight. Um, they really need to get on, uh, I think, a really a big hot streak, like you know, to try to get knock some of these games off. But it's 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 weird. It's like this offense, like with Chicago, and I know the wind was blowing in, and we lost one nothing. It's like goodness gracious, we couldn't score. And then we come home and we destroy the Phillies eleven to well eleven to one or eleven to nothing the other day. So. This offense is so up and down, but I also think a lot of the problems with the offense right now is because they're so injured. I mean, Vado's out, uh, Senzel is out, uh, Moose is out. So, I, you know, I, how do you think the offense is, is going with uh, – how do you think the Reds are handling with, with the, the the moves they've made with the injuries? Yeah, the offense, you know, hasn't been as much of a concern for me. Statistically, it still ranks one of the best in baseball, and when you have Winker and Castellanos leading the way, it just has done uh, an immense measure of – Prepared to set an immense, immensely high bar that the right. offense can be at on a consistent basis. Hey, man, I appreciate you having me on. Unfortunately, I got to head out. But yep, no problem. Again, sometime. Great meeting you, and again, great setup there. Thanks again. All right, thanks, Charlie. See you, buddy. Yeah, he's got to get going. I I uh, lost track of time. <laughs> I, I had some more stuff I wanted to ask him, but that's all right. But I mean, I, I like the thing I like about the Reds. The fun thing about watching the Reds right now is this is what I was going to a- ask him was, I think we have a MVP race on our own team between DeWink and uh, Castellanos. Now, the thing is they might uh, zero each other out. And if the Reds are not a contending ball club, uh, it's going to be even harder for them to, to win it. But watching those two hit right now is, is remarkable. And uh, what do you guys think is Gino? Is he, this is another thing I was going to ask. Is Gino coming around? I mean, do you think he's starting to, to, to get back to the old Gino, I know on TV, the Cowboy and Chris Welch and all these guys are like, I oh, started to get confident, get his confidence back, and 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 he's looking more more like the old Gino. So I don't know. I I, I want to say yes, <laughs> but there's been so many times I've said yes. I think he's turning the corner this year, and then he goes out and goes over for four or, or one for four or something like that. So I need to see some more consistency from Gino and maybe hit behind the wink and, and Cassianos looks like it's, it's starting to help them. I mean, they can't pitch around him because they don't want to pitch around. Cause then he put him on base and you got the wink and Cassianos uh, right behind him. So that helps, but he, um, he's not a leadoff hitter, but either way, if it helps, it helps. I, I hope Gino gets better. And one thing I love finally Shogo actually got a start 
which was nice to see, <laughs> you know, because uh, sometimes I think David Bell forgets about him. And I mean, and that's where it would have been nice. Not that that's somebody else got hurt, but if an, if an outfielder who, uh, like I say, let's just say Nyquin got hurt instead of Senzel. Not that I wish anybody to get hurt, but Senzel could at least play third base or, or second, and he could have gotten Shogo in there. But now you got, you know, DeWink. You're not taking DeWink. You're not taking Castellanos out. And the only person you have to take out is Nyquin, and he's still hitting good. So I do understand, but I really do wish that he would try to get um, Shogo in there some more. Because if you guys remember last year when they won the six or seven series in a row at the end of the season to get into the playoffs, Shogo was leading off and hitting great. And I think our offense would run better like that. I mean, it runs pretty good right now. And 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 it's just, I, we got so many offensive bats, it's hard to get everybody in, you know? So I do understand the the problem that he has. And yes, House, yeah, Gino is very confusing because I always go back to what Chris, and I, I told Chris Welch this when I did an interview with him a couple weeks ago, is, you know, he always says they'll always go back to the back of their baseball card. And I always say it is usually right, <clears throat> but Gino has been hitting like this for a year and a half. I mean, he hit like that pretty much all last year. He never really got his swing back last year. And one thing I did, I do like what I've heard is that he is just trying to hit the ball hard somewhere now. Like, you know, he left spring training. He's like, I'm going to hit 50 home runs. I'm like, that's great. But we just want you to hit the ball. You, you, you know, sometimes if you just – like, that's all Dwink's doing. He said, I'm just trying to hit the ball hard somewhere. And that's what I think a lot of the Reds have taken on that mindset. Instead of trying to lift and separate, you know, for home runs, they're just trying to hit the ball hard somewhere. If you hit it hard enough, it's going to go out or it's going to bang off the wall. And it's that that's where you come into to, to analytics versus, you know, old school or whatever. Like I said on the show before, I'm okay with analytics. I just don't think you should completely base your whole team on that. And I don't think you should base. I understand they say, yeah, well, the perfect analytics guy is is Adam Dunn. I mean, wait, he either struck out, walk, or hit a home run. I mean, that's 90% of what his bats were. To me, if you have, you can't have a whole team like that because you go into slumps way too easy. You know, way too easy. If you're just constantly trying to do it, if you're, con- if you're just concentrating on hitting the ball and hitting the ball hard somewhere, I think you're going to get more, more contact. And plus, it's fun. It's more fun to watch the game when there's plays, players, runners on base. You know, it's it's just boring when it's a home run, okay, and then everybody strikes out. And anyway, that's just what I. Anyway, that was all about Shogo. I'm not sure how I got to that, but I want to get to this crown. No, I did not fire Jeremy. Uh, Jeremy has been very busy at work, so he has not been able to come on the show here uh, in a a week or more. Hopefully, things will calm down and he could possibly join the show. I I wouldn't look for him this week, but maybe next week we'll see what happens. But Crown, just just, uh, talk talk to you a second for Crown if you're still watching. I think there's a very good shot that uh, Nicodolo and Hunter Green can be in the rotation next year. There's a shot. Um, and if you have those two and, um, uh, Vladimir Gut- is it Gutierrez? I think that's how I say his name, right? Probably not. I used to say names wrong. Um, if he can pitch like he did in Chicago and do that consistently, we got three really good young starting pitchers again. And I know I've, I've like yesterday I posted a thing on, um, uh, sports strawberry ice. Nick Castellanos has got a career high. 17 game hitting streak and somebody said oh that's great well that's that's good and you know that'll be even more for the reds to trade him and i'm like i don't want like to me because i had other people say this like you should just go and and what is this hank shell hank herschel ten dollars oh you're doing the the <laughs> okay i didn't know i set that up <laughs> The super, the super chat. I guess that's what that is. Uh, I appreciate you, brother. Uh, Hank Kershaw says Chase, or excuse me, Higgins and Chase will be for the Bengals. What Jefferson and Chase were for LSU. Burrow needs to average two hundred ninety-four point two passing yards per game 
to have 5,000 yards, definitely doable. I, it's doable. <clears throat> I think it's more doable at 4,000. I think it's 5,000 is great, but I, I hope we run the ball a little bit more. But I do appreciate the uh, the super chat there, guys. And I did, like I said, I didn't know I had that set up. So, yes, if you guys want to do a super chat, it's a new thing I have on YouTube. Um, since I got to be a thousand subscribers, you can you can support me by doing these uh, super chats. And uh, I'm still trying to figure it out myself, to be honest. But I appreciate you, Hank. Thanks for thanks for supporting there, brother. But yeah, I do. I do. I totally I, I totally agree with you. I am. We talk Bengals. I am totally excited about this. Now I know. Um, well, Clemson Domination uh, tweeted me out this, <clears throat> and if you're watching, say hi. Um, that somebody was telling him that uh, T is the number three wide receiver. And I don't know how he'd be the number three wide receiver when Chase is a slot. <laughs> but, I mean, honestly, in this offense with Chase and Higgins and Boyd, oh, my, it's going to be a matchup nightmare for people. I mean, I, and, and if, if C.J. Uzama, ooh, Zama, if he, well, he is healthy. He's 100% healthy, they say right now. He's fully recovered from his torn Achilles. If he could do what he did the first couple games with Joe Burrow last year, and then if Thad can contribute some, you know, anywhere close to what he did at LSU, <laughs> we, we're going to have a hell of an offense. Okay, I'm telling you. And, our, and I just like what Charlie, Charlie said there. He said we probably drafted the second best guard. In the draft. So everybody who gets and that, and he brought up a good point too, which I wanted. I wish I could have stayed on here longer. I would have talked about this. He brought up a good point. The Bengals never draft guards that high. They don't, they don't really pay for guards. You know, I mean, look at Kevin Zeitler. They let him go. Uh, you know, look at Max Montoya back in the 80s. They let him go. They don't pay for guards. They don't draft guards real high. So this is a, a, Another philosophy change, I think, that the Bengals are having that, you know, you need talent in all spots. You know, you can't just always pick up guys from the scrap heap and just because you have Frank Pollock, expect, you know, expect him to turn them in the, in the Pro Bowlers. But I think our offensive line is going to be really good this year. I really do think we're going to have a, I won't say, we don't have to have a great starting line, we just have a start offensive line. We just have to have a good one, you know? So, yeah, I, I, boy, yes, I know. I, I agree with you. Moss could be a diamond in the rough. I, I, I'm telling you, CJ is going to be good. I'm that right there. I book it. CJ Zama is going to be good, and he's going to have a really good year this year. And and Moss, I do think that. And I was pounding the table last year that I wanted the Bengals to sign him, and they weren't. Well, I wanted them to draft him at first, and they weren't. They didn't draft him, and they didn't sign him. And I heard this, and like I said, I listened to a lot of different uh, podcasts. I was listening to Dan Horde on the Bengals Booth Podcast, and he interviewed uh, Thaddeus Moss. So if you guys haven't heard that yet, go to the Bengals Booth Podcast and listen to Dan Horde uh, interview Thaddeus Moss. And Thaddeus is excited to be here. You know, he actually said last year he wanted to come to Cincinnati. Now, I find that kind of odd because he was, he was an undrafted free agent. He could have signed with us, and he signed with Washington. So that was kind of like, well, you could have, but you, anyway, either way, he's here now and he's healthy. You know, he basically took the whole year off. He had something wrong with his foot again. So he had, he had gotten surgery, got that taken care of, got that cleaned up and he's rested. And he said, this is the best he's felt in years. So like I said, he doesn't have to do what he did at LSU, but if he can, whoo, dude, our, I'll, telling you our offense can be really really good i'm more concerned about our defense that's the one that i am concerned it's not the talent i think we have the talent i'm worried about lou and i i i'm not talking bad about lou because i don't like him i i if you're a coach on my team for the Bengals, i like you okay i get frustrated with lou because of what i've seen his schemes do where he's dropping Carlos Dunlap and, and, and dropping Lawson in the coverage. I'm like, and I, I understand a little bit more now that he's trying to be like the New England Patriots defense where they, whatever that team does well, they take that away from them and make you do something else. That's what he's trying to do. And if he can do it, awesome. Because that'll make our, our, our team even better. So. All right, let's see here. We got Hank. Uh, 
the offense will get more plays with better D. Also, need to do more up-tempo, hurry-up possessions to stress the opposing Ds. Burrow is now acclimated to the speed of the NFL. Yeah, well, and they they did. I think they did that a lot last year. It was pretty up-tempo. And, yes, I do think they're going to do that even more because, like you just said, Burrow's second year, they're going to add more and more and more stuff. And this this offense, I think I just I can't t- stop talking about how much I think this offense is going to be so much fun to watch with the addition of Chase, and that's why I was so firmly for drafting Jamar Chase because you get that stretch. That's the thing that offense missed last year. I know everybody's like, well, they threw the ball 60, 70 times. Well, they still might do that this year. You know, I don't know, but if they can balance it a little bit with the run game and it's, and that's the thing this with this offense, as much as they can stretch the field and throw the ball down the field, I think they're going to, they're going to pass to open up the run game. I think that's the way this is going to work. Um, I really look for a big year from Joe Mixon. Joe Mixon is very excited that Frank Pollock is back. He had his best year with Frank Pollock as the offensive line coach. Now he's offensive line coach and the run game coordinator. So I, I think we can have a big year from Mixon. We can have a big year from Joe. And, and the thing, and it's not like these are our pipe dreams. We have talented players. And that's what I'm trying to tell these naysayers. Like, oh, t- you, you think they're going to go to the Super Bowl in the second year? I'm like, well, you could. I mean, <laughs> I mean, they can have. We have the talent. We have a, a talented enough team to do that. Are we going to do that? I don't know. I hope so. But that's the thing. It's not, I'm not just wishing it to happen. You know, we have a talented enough team to make it happen. These guys, these guys can, can be very productive and they're good players. Hey, yeah, I get mixed in 25 touches a game. Yes. I, that's, that's what I, yeah, that would be great. You get in 25 touches a game. And the thing is too, when, um, Reed Johnson set the uh, single season rushing record for the Bengals. He had a, we had a ball a ton that year. If you guys, that was, I think 2005, I think is what it was. That defense was very, very opportunistic. So they turned the ball over a ton, and that also helped the, this offense. So that's the big key to get these numbers. Obviously, you got to have the ball. So the defense can get shut the other offense down, three and out, turn the ball over, whatever, as fast as they can to get the ball back to Joe Burrow and everybody. It's going to be fun. We can get these numbers we're talking about. So, what do you want, Coleman? How do I chat? What? How do you chat? You're chatting right now. I'm not sure what you mean. <laughs> um, But how do you chat with me? You're chatting, you're chatting with me right now. What do you want? What video chat? Is that what you mean? I can I can put a link up if you if that's what you're talking about. I can do a video chat if you want to if you want a video chat. I can I can put the links links up, guys. If that's what you that's what you want to do, that's cool. Um, just let me know. Um, where was I at? But yes, the 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 defense. Yeah. All right. Hold on a second. He wants true video chat. Give me one second here. Copy that. Close that. And there you go. There you go. There's the link right below your comment there. So um, it's on. Uh, it's on. It looks like it did not go to Twitter, but it's on uh, Facebook and on uh, YouTube. So anyway, so if you guys want video video chat, you can. Um, but what else? It's not a pipe dream. You know, we're cool. I, I'm going to be very upset if we don't have a good year this year. I know everybody's picking the Browns are good. And the Ravens are good. And I'm not saying they're not now. <laughs> some people are picking the Bengals fourth. I'm like, how in the hell are you picking us fourth? The Squealers didn't do anything. Not really. I mean, they were an overrated team last year. We beat them with our backup quarterback. So, I mean, and they didn't really, their offense line is worse than the Bengals. It's because we improved our offense line. They didn't really improve their offense line at all, and they got an aging quarterback. So I can't see how people are really picking the, the squealers above the Bengals. To me, the squealers should be last. <laughs> you know, I mean, I've, honestly, if I'm honestly picking it, 
you know, and I'm taking my orange sunglasses off. It's the Ravens, Browns, and the Bengals. Now, put the orange sunglasses on. It's Browns or Bengals, Ravens, Browns, and you know. But either way, to me, the Steelers are in the basement, no matter what, because I, like I said, I just don't see what they did to really improve that team because they lost their starting center. They, I don't think they did anything to, to replace him. They lost uh, a tackle. <laughs> so, you know, I, I don't see what they've done to really help them. And the don't get me wrong. The Browns are, are no joke, but if you can, to me, the key to the stopping the Browns and the Rappers is we got to stop them from running the ball. They ran all over the place on us. We got to keep Lamar in check and make him beat us. I mean, I'll take my chances of letting Lamar Jackson throw the ball and beat us. Keep him in the pocket and throw the ball. You know, that's what I think Lou is trying to do with his defense. So, all right. What's up, Hank? Uh, Our team chemistry is better than the other teams in our division. All the players are all in. We don't have any OBJ-type prime that prima donnas. Yes, I agree with you. And that's another huge, that's a great point. And that's another huge key to me that everybody showed up to volunteer workouts. And this is when the players association <clears throat> or the union was trying to tell people not to show up, you know, and the, and Jesse Bates is the player rep. And, and he talked to him and said, we've got to improve. We have to get better. The only way to do that is to practice. And they didn't get to practice this much last year, you know? So they made a team decision to come on and play at, at, um, show up at, at OTAs. Coleman? What's up, Strawberry? What's up, man? So I am so pumped about this season. All right, but I yeah. gotta, I gotta know because you guys always got the better insight because I live out past Cleveland. Okay. Um, what did you think about Joe Burrow running and throwing today? I thought he looked pretty good. I saw all thing I saw. I saw the videos from uh, James Rapine. He looked good to me. They're saying his velocity is up. I mean, he's moving. He's not doing like like Charles was on here. He said he's not did do every drill, but he did most of them. So he's. I see Joe said he's like eighty to eighty five percent. And Dan Horde said this on his podcast. He goes, if you didn't know he had a a knee injury, you, you, you wouldn't be able to tell. So, to me, he's looking really, really good. I like hearing that, Then I was kind of concerned about this season after the ACL tear. When he went down, I was like, no, not another Palmer. <laughs> I was scared, man. I was scared. Right, 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 right. Yeah, but I, he, looks, he looks good. I mean – yeah, we'll, we'll never know until the season really starts. But I mean, for for practice and moving around and not, uh, you know, he he's what uh, six months out, and they say yeah. it's a nine nine month recovery. So for being six months out and he's running around throwing the ball, I I think it's a good sign. I do too. I'm really excited. I already bought my tickets for home opener. There you and go. He's an opener. They were expensive. I'm taking my little sister. Awesome, dude. Where are you sitting at? Um. Uh, well, I'm in the kitchen. But I I work for Arch Lewis Steel in Geneva, Ohio. And no, no. Where, where are you sit at in the stadium? Where's your tickets at? Oh, one fifty six, like fifteen or something like that. Oh, okay, cool. Yeah, they weren't. I mean, they weren't terrible, but I kind of pre bought ahead of time. <laughs> I mean, I know I did because I know I can go to the stadium and pick some stuff up from scalpers, but I didn't want to risk it. Right, right, right. And then scalpers probably be even more. By, by game time. <laughs> oh yeah, oh yeah, I'm sure, I'm sure. What do you, uh, what do you think about this whole Julio Jones thing? What to the Bengals or just being traded in general? In general, I mean, I don't see. I'm not saying that we should give him a first, but if we can offer the second and maybe the third, if the line's really fixed, then you shouldn't have a problem with it. With yeah, but who? Stuff. But but then, but then, who's Spazzy taking? You're gonna you're gonna sit down. He, he, you're either gonna sit down uh, T Higgins or, or or Chase. I mean, we don't need him to be on the field every play. Yeah, but yeah, I, mean, I, I don't I don't see if Julio comes here. He 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 wants to be your one, and I he he wouldn't be the one here. Chase would be the one. So I, I hear what you're saying, but I don't think it's a good fit because because of that. Because you would be taking snaps away from Chase, and you'd be sna- taking snaps away from Higgins. So. I mean, I, I I would let him 
going down the road to somebody somebody else. I mean, he's a great wide receiver, but for the betterment of the Bengals and our development of our young wide receivers, I I, I say we we let him go to somebody else and and uh, just let uh, let us roll with Chase and, and uh, Higgins. I think we're gonna be just fine with those two. Well, I, I mean, I think I think we'll be all right. I just I like the idea of like somebody big coming into the wide receiver room to give these young guys a better experience. Right, right, yeah. Well, they they had that last year. Well, I mean, everybody except Chase had that with AJ Green. So I mean, he he helped them out a lot. So I mean, I, I hear what you're saying, but I just don't think the 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 fit is right here because of what we already have. I mean, if he was if he was coming here and he was like on the downside of his career and he was going to be you know the fourth wide receiver or something, then yeah, that'd be that that'd be cool. But but he's so, if he wherever he's going, he he wants to be the number one guy. So you don't. You don't think he's not on the downside of his career? Well, I, I think he is, yes, but he okay. doesn't. And that's the thing. He okay, doesn't well, think no, he I is. See that then, yeah. So, yeah. If he doesn't think he's on the downside, he ain't going to want to come here and be the fourth wide receiver. He wants to be the number one. So, I mean, I can't be mad about that either. Right. I mean, so, I mean it's not a bad thought, but I just, I, there's other, uh, to me, I, what I want the Bengals to do right now, I just want them to get depth, get depth in every position possible, which they, they did that last week, but they signed a, a, uh, another safety and another uh, uh, linebacker. That That's where they need to do it. They need, they need to get more depth in different uh, different positions, you know, just because of all the injuries that they've had the last couple of years. And, and you see, if you don't have good players behind them, <laughs> it's, it's it shows. So the Bengals have got to make sure that because the injuries are going to happen, hopefully it won't have as many as we did the last couple of years. Right. But you got to have good backups. I mean, that's plain and simple. You have to have that. Right. All right. Well, I appreciate talking to you. No problem, brother. Thanks for joining the show. Peace. Good luck. Eat some yeah, skyline man. for me. I miss it. <laughs> All right, brother. Take it easy, man. You too. All right, that was cool. Uh, let's see. Let's get back into the chat here, Rob. What do you got going on? Uh, Steelers pass rush is great. Otherwise, not sure why anyone would consider them good. Yeah, I, I agree. Yeah, they only, they have a great pass rush. I T.J. Watt is amazing. So yeah, I I, uh, I, I agree with that, that, that. But other than that, I mean, they drafted a, a running back in the first round, but they didn't fix their offensive line. <laughs> they lost two guys off their starting offensive line. But they they National Media goes, oh, this is a great pick. I'm like. He's not going to hopefully. Hopefully, he's not going to have any holes to run through. That's <laughs> what I'm hoping for. Uh, for the Bengal fan, and yes, Hank, getting DJ Reader back will be huge. Yes, on I, I know he's on the rehab um, site. That's what uh, Charlie was just just saying. I have a feeling he's going to be ready game one because he uh, he got injured before Burrow did. You get him there. You got him. You got Open Ob- Joby. You got. Uh, Tyler Shelvin, big data by you that we call him. Mike Daniels, that's where I'm saying, that's why I'm saying the Bengals have concentrated on trying to stop the run because the two teams they really got to beat, in my opinion, they got to beat the Squealers, but it's going to be the Browns, excuse me, the Clowns and the Ratbirds. And they run the ball. So if you could stop the run, that's going to give your best shot to beat those teams because you got it's kind of like that's where. I like what Lou is trying to do. Whatever that team does good at, take that away from them. Because the New England Patriots have been doing that for years. That's how. So it's it's a 3-4-4-3. Three, four, four, three. You know, he's always wanted to morph to be able to stop whatever that team you're playing does great. And I hope it works. Uh, I see it, Rob. Uh, true, Hank. Teams. We're only running on us through the A and B gaps a few times when Reader was on the field. As soon as he came off, our opportunities immediately switched to inside run call plays. Yeah, D- uh, Re- Reader was a huge loss. I mean, well, like I, said, like I said last year, hell, I could not wait. I wanted to see the rotation of Reader and Gino and 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 Mike Daniels, and we never saw it. They were never healthy at the same time ever. They were never healthy. So, I, I'm hoping they'll sign Gino back, but um, I think all Bengals put out today that it's less likely that he'll come back. I, you know, I'm hoping, I'm hoping he'll come back because I still think he's got something left in the tank, and I think just to have, like I said, have more depth 
at that position. Because you would, I mean, basically, you'd have the guys that I was excited about last year. Plus, plus you you added Open Joby to this. So and, and Tyler Shelvin. So Big Daddy Bayou. So that's either way. I, I think not that they did enough. I will never say that they did enough, but they've done a lot to try to fix this. All right. Hank, uh, I think the cornerback position is our biggest question mark. Yeah, I I I uh, it's either that or, or the offensive line, but yeah, because and that's mostly because it's all it's revamped. It's all you know, Trey Wayne's. Yeah, he's on a team last year, but he never played. So it, everybody, everybody that's gonna be starting at cornerback are all new. Yeah, yeah, Hilton, uh, Uzier, and Trey Wayne's. Those are the three guys uh, that'll be you know starting. So yeah, that, that's gonna be interesting. I mean. You still got the good thing. You still got Bell, and you got the best safety in the league, and Jesse Bates in the secondary. But I'm very, and I know Jeremy said this a lot. He was very excited to to see uh, Trey Wayne's uh, play last year, and we never got to see it because he got hurt working out. So I think if he could be the number one corner, like he was supposed to be for us, that's going to help out a lot. Because last year, how many times did our cornerbacks get beat? Not only get beat. But then when they got beat, they couldn't tackle, you know? And it's just like, ah. Uh. And also, if you can get the quality pressure on the quarterback that I think they can, because, again, like, all right, last year, Carlos Dunlap really didn't do anything, you know? It was Lawson and, and Hubbard, and Hubbard got hurt. Well, other than that, really didn't have any consistent – the only consistent pass rusher we had last year was, was Lawson. That was it. We got four guys right now, if they all stay healthy. Four guys, you know, that we can rotate in and out and go after the quarterback. And that's a that's a game changer. If you can put pressure on the quarterback and you can stop the run, it makes everything so much easier, you know, because he's got to get rid of the ball. He's, you know, his eyes are looking, oh, crap, I'm going to get hit <laughs> instead of throwing the ball. So it's, like I said, I have orange sunglasses on all the time. It's June. I'm excited. We'll see what happens. All right, this year. John, did you hear what they are doing in Canton at the Hall of Fame for the Bengals players? I love it to tell everyone to show up. Oh, you mean the jungle to the hall? Yeah, actually, I'm glad you brought that up because I have not brought that up yet. But yes, on June 10th, or excuse me, June 19th, <clears throat> we're doing the jungle to the hall thing. Bengal Jim has put this together. And I encourage everybody who can get there to get there. You got to save the whole thing, but at least be there from one or um, one to three. Yes, one to three is the rally for Ken Rowley and Ken Anderson. There are a lot of other cool stuff going on during the day. I know people are busy, but if you can make it to that part, that is where we're going to get our our voices heard of what an injustice, and it's an injustice. <laughs> Ken Rowley is fifth all time in interception. Still, Woodson's going in today. Or going into the Hall of Fame this year. I don't think he was born when Ken Riley retired in 83. I don't know what year he was born, but maybe he was, maybe he was just a, 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 a little guy then. But still, Ken Riley retired in 1983, and he's fifth in interceptions, and he's still not in the Hall of Fame. Dan Fouts is in the Hall of Fame. Ken Anderson is not in the Hall of Fame. Ken Anderson won an NFL MVP. He actually took his team to a Super Bowl. Dan Fouts never went to a Super Bowl, yet he's in the Hall of Fame. Can you tell me why? Why is he in and Ken's not? I mean, I'm not saying he should be in. He should be in. But Ken Anderson should be in too. So anyway, that's why we got to get our voices heard. We got to go to this thing. So if you guys can show up, definitely show up. Um, you have to register. And that's the thing what Jim needs everybody to do. Go to his Twitter page or his Facebook page, and he has it on there to register so we know how many people are coming. But it's going to be very, very fun. I'm Like I said, I'm moving my vacation. I'm going a, a down a day later. My family's leaving, and I'm going down a day later so I can go to this thing. That's how much this, this is important to me. <clears throat> All right. Hank, the hometown kid, Carmen, can be a top 
10 guard easily way better than what everyone is saying. I think so too. I mean, the thing is from what they're saying, and I am by no means an expert on offensive line play at all, but the guys who are every single one of them has said he played tackle like a guard, (laughs) you know? So the, the biggest thing to me, the biggest difference between tackle and guard is tackle. You, you got open space. Guard, you're playing in a phone booth. That's why your your feet have got to be really good and your techniques got to be really good because you have a small confined space because you got guys on either side of you. I think he's going to be very, very good at it. I I know people say, you know, we'll put him there for one year, then we'll kick him out to tackle. I don't know if that's going to happen because I can see, I mean, I can see it going a couple of different ways. I can see them signing Riley Reef again. I can see that happening again. Or I can see you they have a a competition for it next year between Adenogy and and uh uh, De, De, uh, uh Smith uh anthony I can't remember Smith from um East Carolina the kid that is drafted and Fred Johnson I think those three one of those three could definitely be our right tackle of the future starting next year so and, and like and if they're not ready I think the Bengals will re-sign Reef so I don't necessarily I'm not on board with, you know, Carmen's only got to play guard for one year. I think he's going to be guard. I think he's a guard, and I think they're going to keep him there. And I think they got enough guys, you know, enough options to fix the the right tire because I know people are kind of down on General Williams, and, yeah, he's got injured again last year, but I really do think he could have played. If we were in a playoff push, he would have played. Mixon would have played. But the season was lost. They just shut it down just to get him healed up and ready to go for next year. I really do think General Williams is going to have a great year this year. I think Craig Pollock is really going to help him. And I do think he's a very, very good left tackle. Pro Bowl, I don't know. We'll find out this year. But I'm very excited about the opportunity and the position depth, I want to say, that the offensive line has that they didn't have last year. Because they have talented players this year. They didn't have as it's so talented, that very good talented players last year on that offensive line. I mean, I can think of two. It was, well, until you got Spain, you know, it was Hopkins and General Williams, and then they got Spain. And that's sort of feel I'll give you, I'll give you him because he actually played, played pretty good. And I, that's, that's going to be the other thing, the, the other guard spot. It's a competition be- between uh, Spain and Surfilla. So we'll see what happens. All right, Rob. Let's see here. Ah, uh, I see here. I want Gino go to the damn Buccaneers for one year and win a Super Bowl. Gino racked up playoff stats and a guarantee of though uh biased votes needed to get him to the Hall of Fame. Yeah. <sighs> Rob, I'll tell you this. If the Buccaneers win a Super Bowl again, I'm never gonna hear the end of it. So <laughs> why did he just come here and <laughs> we win a Super Bowl? Oh my goodness! I, my my in laws—they're already calling it Champa Bay, Champa Bay. I mean, the Tampa Lightning have moved on to the second round of the playoffs. The Tampa Rays are playing really good, and now lots of people are picking the Buccaneers to win the Super Bowl again. And I get to hear it from my wife, who's awesome. I love Mrs. Ice, but I really want my team to win. <laughs> so uh, I hear you what you're saying, but come come such let's win a Super Bowl here. You know, I really do think honestly, and this is. God's honest truth. All the young guys are signed. I think our best chance to win a Super Bowl is in the next three years. I really do. I, I think at the time is now. It's not next year. It's now. You know? And teams can jump up like that. I mean, both times the Bengals went to the Super Bowl, they had a horrible year the year before that, and they had a great year the next year. And it happens a lot. There's always one team in the NFL that goes from worst to first. So, all right, Hank, what do you got? Uh... For the limited opportunities T got last year, he proved he was the best red zone threat. Absolutely. People forget he's 6'4", 220, wingspan 81, and taking advantage of that. Hank, yes, I, yes, T, and that's the thing. And I know I talk about Chase on here a lot. I do. I'm a big Chase game, but I love T. I think T and Chase are going to be awesome. And, again, thanks for the, the super chat, brother. Um. 
Uh, so yeah, if you guys know, if you guys are watching the show, want to do a super chat, you can contribute to it and help me out, contribute to my show and help me out. But yes, people, now that people are forgetting about T, but everybody's so excited about Chase. T had a great year last year. I mean, honestly, if Burrow doesn't get hurt, he's got a chance to break the rookie uh, receiving record. So I, I think he would have done it if Burrow didn't get hurt. So T is in a second year. He got Boyd and he got Chase. I'm just, I this offense is going to be scary. And, and I was thinking back to, I, I keep saying that, you know, I think it's be a lot like the, we have a chance to be like the 2005 team where we had a great offense and an okay defense. But you got to remember one thing. And I, this is one thing I keep, I keep prefacing this to myself because I'm talking about how good this team could be. Oh, and, and Carson Palmer's second year, his first year starting, that would be the O four team. They went eight and eight. So they were getting it together. You know, this would be now Carson did not start his first year. This is where I think we can make the jump. Joe started last year. And all right, so oh five, we went for you know um oh four, we were eight and eight. Oh five, we were uh 13 and three, I think, or something like that. We had a you know winning record, one division. Carson got hurt anyway. I think we can make that jump this year. I think we can this team could be a lot like the 05 team with that offense and with this defense. I think we have a, a very good chance to make some noise. And I know people talk about the 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 schedule. But if you look at the beginning of the schedule, there's a lot of winnable games there. Now, the end of it's a gauntlet, but I would rather have the horror games at the end of the year because beginning of the year, you know, you're just getting the feel for each other, getting figuring out what works, what doesn't work, yada, yada, yada. By the end of the season, you know. You know what works and what doesn't work. So I'll, I'll, I, I'm not scared at all to take on Kansas City at the end of this year. That's why I picked us to beat them because we're at home. I think we can. But I did also pick us to lose to Raiders. I don't really, I really don't know if we're going to lose to Raiders or not. It's just I had to pick somebody. I can't pick us to go 17 and 0. <laughs> I mean, I can, but, you know, I kind of want some people to take me a little bit serious. So, you know, we'll see. All right, let's see here. David, uh, T, Tyler, Chase are collectively better than Chase, Jefferson, Marshall. Joe must be pumped. Yeah, and I'll, I'll tell you this, David. This is what I think, too. I think Chase, Higgins, Boyd have a chance to be better than Chad. TJ and Chris Henry. I think they got a chance. I mean, will they do it right off the bat? I don't know, but years down the road, <clears throat> yeah, I think they could be because I I hate to say it this this way, but to me, none of them seem like prima donnas and knuckleheads. Chris Henry had his issues. Chad was, you know, uh, more entertaining. Chad is a great player. Don't get me wrong, but Chad was, you know. He was about marketing himself and stuff like that. And, and I think that kind of hurt him at the end of his career, to be honest. I don't see Higgins and Boyd and Chase being like that. I think they're all ball. I think they're all football. That's why I think they have a shot to be better than TJ and Chad and Chris. If they can be just as good, I'll be ecstatic. That'll be great. You know, it, it'll be fine. All right, Hank, what do you got here? Uh, definitely, Tate will be a great third-down weapon. Match him up on a small cornerback. Yeah, well, third down, dude, third down, I think it's going to be not just him. I think Uzama, you got. You could also put Thad out there. I think uh, Mixon. I really do think Mixon is going to be more used out of the backfield. And actually, look, if you guys – I cannot remember who had this highlight video, but it's a highlight video of Joe Burrow's just passing last year. Mixon cut a lot of a lot of balls out of backfield more than I thought he did. Mixon is pretty; he got some pretty good hands, and I think they're going to take more advantage of that this year. Well, they're going to have to because Geo is gone, you know. So I think he's going to be a, you know a third down back every you know or, or every down back I should say, and he's going to catch a lot of passes out of the backfield, and that's going to be another weapon I think that the Bengals will take advantage of this year. So we'll see. Uh, let's see here. Uh, David, you agree with me? I love when people agree with me. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I, I do think 
I know you agree with me about about saying that that Chase taking the board could be better, I, and I, that's just my own opinion. You know, I could be wrong. But either way, they're going to be really, really good. <laughs> I mean, and hopefully they're really, really good together longer than Chad and TJ and and Chris were. Yeah, hopefully we can keep this going. I mean, you know, the thing is though, no matter how talented we are, like I said, I think like I said, best chance for us to win Super Bowl, I think is next three years. I said we go win three in a row. Once you get past that and the contracts start coming up, you know we're gonna run into the same thing that we had when we lost Whitworth and Zeitler and Marvin Jones and um Sanu. I'm hoping that the Bengals have learned from that mistake and being prepared to pay. I know they can pay off four of them. They should at least pay two of them and they should have had a better plan as to, okay, we don't sign this guy. This guy could take over, you know, and that's where they had, that's where great teams continue to be great or, or good. You know, they always have a plan for, okay, we'll let this guy go, but this kid can come up and take a spot. They the Bengals did not have that, and that obviously was the downfall of the Bengals and their playoff run. That's what they have to be careful of when they build this team up, like they did. You know, when we went to five straight playoffs, when you can't afford all these guys, you got to have the guys behind you, or you got to be able to sign somebody who's cheaper who can replace them. You know, that's the concern moving forward in the future. But that's a little ways down the road. Let's get through this year. And let's see here. All right, Hank. Uh, let's see here. Can you see the Bengals offering our offense evolving into the Saints type of offense where they put up those breeze type of season with 5,000 yards and Mixon can be uh, – come on. Yeah, I, I do. <laughs> I mean, they got the talent. I don't – to me, and like I said, I got orange sunglasses on. But I really do, and I don't think it's a pipe dream. I mean, they have the talent to do it. And I really do think Zach Taylor is a competent enough play caller to do that. I know some people don't always like what he has done, the plays he's called. I think a lot of that has had to do with the offensive line and not having an offensive line, you know? And this is going to be the best offensive line he's probably had since he's been the, the head coach. So I think that has a lot to do with it. I think it could be – all these things are reachable. They are. I, don't, I don't, Like I said, I don't, think, I don't think it's a pipe dream. I think they're all reachable. Will they do it? I don't know. You know, I have no idea. You know, but the talent's there. I think they got the right scheme offensively to do it. The, uh, the thing is, I like, and I'll talk about this. I'm giving Lou some credit here. I like what he's trying to do. I'm finally starting to understand what he's trying to do. Hasn't done it yet. But if he can, any given week, take away whatever that team does good, and they can take that away, we are going to win a lot of damn football games. I'll just tell you that right now, if, if it can work. Oh, man, it's 632. All right, let me uh, give you the last two out here and all. Rolling out of here. All right. Did you catch uh, Renee Warren with Ace and Zim? We have 15 D linemen. We're good, dude. Who, may, <laughs> who makes it? Uh, did I know I did not catch that one. Was that over the weekend? And Ace and Zim need to hook me up. They need to give me some, some Bengals guests. <laughs> no, I missed that one. I have to go check that one out. Uh, cuts. Improvements on the D-line will be our linebackers better. Nobody's running on this team, nobody. And I like, like I said, I, I that's another thing. Logan Wilson, I liked what I saw of that kid last year. I think he's going to have a very, very good year this year. I think Davis Gaither is going to have a good year this year. I, will, I like it that they picked up another linebacker because I want more depth. That's the thing. We need more depth. You need guys behind them. Um, but I do think Logan Wilson is going to have a good year. Uh, yeah. But like I said, it's June. It's easy to say this stuff now. I like. I want to be right. <laughs> I hope I'm right. But you never know. Maybe I'll be wrong and we'll we'll suck. But I just don't think so. I just think we've got too much talent on this team. And people people are overlooking it because we're the Bengals. You know. 
So that's where I'm. And they're all there. They're all at practice. They're all in. And when you have, and that's really about football. When you have everybody pulling on the rope the same direction, good things are going to happen. And I really do think that's what we have right now. So anyway, I'm glad you guys enjoyed the show and hanging on with me for an hour. But I want to thank the Facebook groups that let me live stream. Uh, they're Hootay Nation, Cincinnati Reds, riding third, heading for home, Bearcat Country, the Ohio State Bucknuts, the Ice Bar, and then you can follow me on all my social media platforms, all under sports with Strawberry Ice. I'm on Facebook, Twitter. Uh, the Twitter handle is Jeff A. Trenopole. That's T-R-E-N-N-E-P-O-H-L. Uh, I'm also on Instagram. And you can check me out on TikTok. I do some silly TikToks on there. I'm a 46-year-old man on TikTok. All right. But <laughs> my handle on there is uh, Iceman90 at, Ice, at Iceman90. I'll be pulling off the sound later on tonight putting it on podcast make sure you guys like rate and review i'm on spotify bean pod apple itunes pretty much wherever you get your podcasts i am there um youtubers like i said we're at 1123 subscribers that is awesome let's keep it rolling let's try to get to 10,000. i'm just going big i want to get 10,000. uh we get 10,000. i will buy a a Bengals jersey and give it away I haven't figured out how I'm going to do that, but I got a ways to go. So let's tell your friends, tell your neighbors about Sports Strawberry Ice. Please subscribe, like, share. That would be awesome. And other than that, hopefully Jeremy D will be back on the show. I don't think it's going to happen this week. I think he's he's busy with work. But let's go watch the Reds game. They're about to start here. Hopefully they'll get three in a row. And they need to start chipping away at this, getting back into this race. Because I still believe this team can go to the playoffs. They just got to perform more consistently. And I think that's what they're working on. We'll find out tonight. So anyway, all together, just like Jeremy D would say, remember one thing and one thing only, and that is you don't live in Cleveland. You live in Cincinnati. So act like it. Who day? Let's go Reds. Let's go Bengals. And that's just sports, baby. See ya! The show's about to start. Arr!